use that phrase I've heard him say, but, but I, I, I always pay attention and I observe things. I've observed people all these years. I've observed my culture. Uh, I don't want to be a part of it, but I've observed it. And I tell you, I, I'm concerned about the mentality in the church and definitely concerned about the mentality outside the church. And I have never seen, I have never seen so many strange-thinking people in my life as I do today in my life. Never, never. In the church and out too. And I'm concerned. And there's more, there's more commercials on antidepressants. There's more commercials on something to affect your mind, psychotic drugs and all of that. And listen, if you're on antidepressants, I'm not bashing you. I, I've taken all that stuff myself at one time or another back in the day. But I'm just saying, God created you and I to have a sound mind. And I'm going to talk tonight about the anointing that delivers us from mental problems. And I would include emotional problems. 80% of all the hospital beds in the world, not just North America or our little state of Indiana or wherever you're from, but 80% of the hospital beds in the world are there. Somebody's in that bed that has mental or emotional problems. That's why they're there. Now, they're not all in the mental ward, but they are there because of their mind. I'll just read you a couple comments here. Worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, the whole nervous system, and profoundly affects the health of an individual. I don't know if you realize that. Worry is meditation in the negative direction. When we begin to worry about stuff, we begin to have care about stuff, and we begin to be broke down because we're so consumed with worries of this life. Dr. Dufresne said one time, faith has joy, but unbelief has worry. You have to learn to quiet the mind because the mind will lead you into fleshly desires. You know that? Your mind will control what your body does. Brother, Brother Hagin said a Christian can't have a devil in their spirit because the Holy Spirit's in their spirit, but they can't. Christian can't get a devil in their mind, yes, if they listen to him. So don't listen to him. And then Brother Hagin also said your mind isn't God, so don't listen to it. But you're going to have to listen to something else if you don't listen to your mind. And you, we need to learn to be led by our spirit down here. And, and paying attention better. But I tell you, I'm concerned there's just been such a, uh, a demonic and uh, whatever kind of releasing of something in the earth that happened several years back. I sensed it. I felt it. I saw it. And now I'm seeing some more and more of the, the uh, manifestations of that. And we just have such a bizarre society anymore. I mean, people care more about their dog than they do humans. But I don't know how that reads to you. Now, I'm not against animals. Don't take it that way. I don't want any, but I'm not against them. Uh, but really, I mean, there's just an oddness to people anymore about stuff. An oddness in people's thinking. In the way they think, they don't even think intelligently sometimes. And I'm talking about educated people. I'm not talking about just people that don't know how to think at all. I'm just really concerned about my society. And so this is part of the reason I'm going to deal with this subject tonight. And this is a... This is a message I think I taught it recently at Pastor Rogan's church. I was teaching down there on healing. And, uh, but there's an anointing that delivers us 
from mental stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm teaching this from two perspectives. If you need help tonight, uh, and, and you won't be prideful, then you can come to the altar and get ministered to. And, you know, you need to realize, and the other, the other reason I'm teaching is these preachers need to know it, and you need to know it, because there's somebody that probably will never come to my church for whatever reason. But they need help, and they need deliverance, and they need to know that they can have a sound mind. I don't even think most believers believe they can have a sound mind anymore. The way people talk and live and behave, and when they're honest with me, I can tell that sometimes they, they only believe they can have a sound mind. That's that's a that's that's a bothering thought to me if I let it think about it too much. So this is this is at least in part of, of something that we can we can get a hold of tonight and begin to understand. God wants you to have a sound mind. He's provided it as part of your inheritance. It won't come automatically. It won't come just because I can show you a couple verses. But I know it can happen because it happened to me. And, it, and it's happening to me now. And it, you know, continue. You have to continue to embrace this to have a sound mind. See, the devil is out to get capture your thoughts and capture your your thinking. Because if he can get your thinking, eventually he'll get you moving in that direction. And we need to understand that. And, and Pastor Dennis, uh, and thank you for that uh, wonderful offering in advance. I believe it'll all come in. And, 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 you know, praise the Lord. I don't belabor that any, but, uh, but he hit on that part of it. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not into our head. This is what's causing a lot of the pressures on your life. <laughs> You're trying to figure it out in your head, and I've been there before, and there's, there's no figure. There, how much you figure it, it don't compute. It don't make sense. It doesn't. You don't have an equation that fits by the end of your thinking it. You can get a hold of something though by your spirit, by your faith, and talk it, and you can eventually, because if you believe what you say will come to pass, you can bring it into manifestation. But if the devil captures that area of your mind and you begin to think that way, and pretty soon you'll start talking that way, and pretty soon your behavior is going that way. Then you begin to pull yourself out of whatever God has for you because if that's a thought that's not based on the Word of God, it's something to deter you, derail you, distract you, take you away from God's plan for your life. See, you know, we can say it this way, maybe, and I hope that I'm, I'm making some clarity out of this. You know, your purpose in the earth is to serve God with all your heart and realize He has a divine plan for you. Now, it, you know, Brother Hagin, again, I'm still talking about the mind, and there's an anointing to deliver people. Because we have more people today, in my opinion, more people in our churches, and more people every place I go, well, not every place I go, but most places places I go, I don't even know if the preachers are teaching any of this about deliverance, period. I, I mean, I know some do, but I mean, for the most part, uh, you know, I'm almost... Uh, tentative to say too much unless they open that up to me because they, you know, I can tell some of them just don't have any comprehension. But like that young lady, Pastor Dennis was with me, I was just in New Mexico and I was praying for people's legs to grow out because that's what the Lord told me to do. It's not, I'm not being cute about it. I don't think it's just wonderful. I think it's spiritual and God told me to do it. That's why I'm doing it or I wouldn't do it. 
And I'm anointed to do that. But here's my point. I got to this one, and I probably prayed for 20 that night. But just this one person, when I prayed for her, she started crying. But then the Lord showed me, she's got something else wrong here. And a lot of times I'll say that. Well, there's something else here God's wanting to deal with. I might say, it may shoot out at me before I even know what I've said. Now, if it's something private or inappropriate, I won't say that publicly. A lot of times I know, sometimes I don't know everything. But anyway, I, I grabbed her by her head and I said, in Jesus' name, I break and take authority over that. I break that thing over you and command it to leave you, come out of her. And, you know, right then I didn't care whether the pastor liked it or she liked it or, or anybody else liked it. I knew what I'm doing. I'm like, a, I'm like a surgeon. I'm into surgery now. Pass me the right instrument. I'm going to. And if you don't, just back away from me then because I'm into something. But, but my point is, you know, and then I could tell when that thing left. And boy, the, you know, she just began to bawl and, and, and weep. And I, oh, it was such a precious thing. Not that she was crying, but that she was delivered. See, now I told, the, I told another story to this church. I don't know when it was, but I was in Texas three or four years ago. I think Pastor Dennis and Angie might have been in that meeting. I'm sure they were. And not their church, another church was. And I had a word of knowledge. I'm still talking about this anointing that delivers. And it normally deals with the mind or the soulish realm or the emotions or a combination of things. And sometimes evil spirits, because people have been uh, either engrossed in something or violated by somebody else, it'll get in their flesh or in their minds. Well, anyway, I had this word of knowledge and uh, had a word of knowledge about uh, nightmares. I don't have that word a lot. I have it a little more in the last two or three years than I've had in the past. I'm not talking about having a bad dream once in a while, waking up. You know, I'm talking about just really severe nightmares. Five or six people came. I was shocked in a way. I knew somebody was there that had it because God gave me the word. But it was five or six people. I got to this last person in the line, and I'd say she was 30, 30-ish, maybe, maybe 32. I don't know. And I laid hands on her, and all of a sudden I discerned something there besides nightmares. And I said, I know who you, I know who you are. And I said, in Jesus' name, come out of her. I kind of yelled it loud. Well, she started having like a little seizure thing. That's just the way the devil tries to show out. And I said, you shut up, Tiverdale, and come out. And then I said to her, listen, I got a hold of you. I hit her by her head. I said, you'll be all right in a minute because, you know, her eyes roll back in her head. And I've seen that before. That's one of the devil's tactics to try to freak you out. And, it, and I've already been down that trail, and you don't freak me out no more. So I just said to her so she knew, I knew what I was doing. You'll be all right in a minute. And then I saw that thing come out of her and fly away. I didn't know this part of it until the next day when the pastor was taking me to the airport because he came in the back room a little bit late. We were having refreshments, and he's got two young daughters. And he didn't want to tell this story in front of them. You can understand when I tell you what happened. So when I'm on the way to the airport the next day, he's taking me. And he says, I wanted you to know about that young lady you prayed for, the last one, when you said, I, I didn't know who you are, and you commanded that thing to come out of me. She, he said, uh, I didn't know this about her, but she told me that her father began to molest her when she was young, maybe 11 or 12, something like that. He threatened her life if she ever told the mother that he'd kill her and it well, the little girl, she's scared, you know, scared stiff. She doesn't know what to do, but she's tore up about it naturally, and the father continues to abuse her for several years. 
finally she just can't take it anymore. She tells the mom, and of course they got divorced. And the girl now is 18, 19, I don't know, something like that. She starts dancing in the club, need I say more, kind of a rough type of environment for a lady, if you get it. And then eventually found this man and fell in love with him and married him. Now she's married with two children, very committed Christian. The pastor told me she's very committed, locked in here with us. But she told me privately, she said, I never felt normal because of what my father did to me. He said, I never felt clean until Pastor Jacobs cast that thing out. Now, I'm not saying the pastor there did anything wrong. He, I don't know that he moves in that particular sphere that I'm dealing with, that I'm telling you about. But here's my point. And any pastor could, any believer could. They knew what they were doing. This is why I'm teaching this. And, but there's all oh, there's tons of people out there, maybe not that dramatic, but still messed up and struggling and dealing with all kinds of addictions and insecurities and feelings. Filthy, and maybe not even involved in anything currently. But the devil has made them feel a lot of different strange ways. Maybe they don't even know how to express some of it. It's so down in there. And it makes them behave weird and act strange and all kinds of stuff. And I'm sure they don't even realize for the most part, even people who go to church, they're not very spiritual most of the time. Anyway, praise the Lord. So we're talking about something that's, if you do not aware of it, it's already sweeping our planet. Pay attention to what is already in the planet. These evil spirits are already here. We're not to be afraid of them, but I'm just warning you, pay attention. I mean, there is so much access to, to, to strangeness and filth. I mean, you, you go in a hotel room anymore, you've got to be careful how you click because if it's a certain kind of hotel, they may have movies on there that are on there that you're not expecting to see and you didn't order. See, like in, we went to Germany and they warned us that if you put your TV on, you just be careful because they show adult-rated stuff on there ever so often. It'll come right into your room. If you have that channel on, it's just wild. And that's just one area. But I'm just talking about stuff in general. It's just that people are so whack anymore. Anyway, now not everybody's crazy, but there are a lot of people that have issues. <laughs> I know none of you would be. You know. Wasn't the Bible say, what does the Bible say? That, that God has not given me and you a spirit of fear but a power and love and a sound mind. So a sound mind is part of our equipment in God that he's given us. But if we're not careful, we have fears. Listen to me, fear is irrational. You know what that means? It's not rational. It doesn't make any sense. You have a fear, but you know, people say, how do you fly? I get in my airplane and go up in the air. It's got wings and it does real good, you know. And or go to the airport, the commercial people would get on their plane. And and we take off and go fast, and it goes up. And do you know that flying is a lot safer than driving, but some people are afraid of it? And see, it's irrational. There's no basis in fact. We could give you the stats on how many people are killed on a car on the ground versus how many people are killed in an airline. Of course, anymore with the media coverage and the satellite stuff, we can, somebody, two people can get killed in Yugoslavia tomorrow, and you're going to know about it by the morning. 
I'm not saying they're insignificant. I'm just saying, you know, you hear the bad news quick. So we have to do something because fear will get a hold of people. And to get a hold of the way we think and make us feel insecure. And then if we don't deal with it, the devil tries to take more territory, put more fear in us, more doubt in us, and all kinds of stuff like that. Are you ready for this message? Isaiah 10.27 says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder and his yoke from off your neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Now, I want to point a couple things out. First of all, it's the anointing that destroys the yoke, not my hard work or not just information, but it's the anointing of God and this is, and I, we've had some private meetings from the preachers, which I thought was appropriate to do. That's why they've been closed. And I've been talking to them about protecting the anointing in their life. And for you, too, we need to realize the value of the anointing. I was telling the pastors and preachers in the back room, you know, those that were back there, most of them came, you know, were back there with me. This whole meeting has been to keep us mindful of the supernatural. See, you don't realize because you're in a setting where I'm endeavoring to, to, to get out here, not just out here with you, but out here in the Spirit and stay out and live out there. That I, and, of course, I could miss it, but I try to do my best to realize I'm a supernatural person walking with a supernatural God and that I understand some things about the Holy Ghost and the anointing and like what you saw in the ordination You know, I came out of a denominational church. We'd have had them kneel at some altar and laid hands on them. It would have been, we would have been sincere, but we would have not been so supernatural. There would have been no tongues and no prophecy. And if they'd have read that verse, they would have made you feel that was for back then, not for now. So you can see, you know, people are living in the natural more than the supernatural. And that could be repeated millions of times in all the churches that say they believe what they really do not believe. Because, you know, you know, if you believe something, you practice it. You don't just talk about it all your life. You practice it. And so the point I'm making is you'd, you'd just be surprised how many churches sometimes, if they don't, if they're not taught right, and the, the minister isn't walking in the supernatural, that you're not going to have it. You're just not going to have it because the anointing comes from the top down, not the bottom up. And I'm not trying to toot my horn. I'm not trying to say, hey, look at me. I'm talking about the power of the anointing of God. What, what could have made that thing leave that girl? Because my, 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 I'm wearing a suit? Because I comb my hair back? I mean, come on, that ain't going to cut it. Because I could preach a pretty good message, maybe, because I've studied for 30 years or what? No, that's not going to help. But it's the power and the anointing and the gifts and and yielding to those gifts. Or like that lady I told about the other night, I think it's in this meeting. I went to preach for this guy. He'd been healed of all kinds of diseases, and he and I had a prayer line. I got this one lady. I told she was very well dressed for everybody else in that congregation. Looked out of place. I got to her, and the Lord said, deal with that. Well, I dealt with it, and then he dealt with me in the back room. The pastor, he was mad about it because he said, she's my biggest giver, and you insulted her. I said, well, I'd rather insult her and you than the Holy Ghost, sir. You told me to have my liberty. I'm trying to obey God. And he was a 
so-called Holy Ghost person. Been on PTL, been on CBN, giving his report, selling his books, and giving his testimony. The full gospel people loved him, put him in all their little meetings. And I'm not making fun, but something happened to that guy. Where all of a sudden now he's offended at the Holy Ghost. He cares more about some lady dressed up that can give an extra 50 in the offering than he does grieve in the Spirit. I don't know what happened to him. Something not right happened. And then a few more years later, I went to a funeral of a friend of mine. He was in that funeral with me, and I was in the bathroom with him, and he was talking all kinds of unbelief. See, you, you just don't realize you can be on top and sharp and moving with God one day, and if you don't pay attention in three or four years, you're just like everybody else that don't believe nothing. <laughs> you know. Hallelujah. The yoke should be destroyed because of the anointing. And this is what I saw in this. There's a lot of things, but one thing, and I'm going to move ahead here in a second, is that there must be an anointing for every yoke. If the yoke would be destroyed by the anointing, then there must be an anointing for every yoke, Brother Chad, Sister Marcia. I don't know that we've discovered all of them yet. I know I'm believing to see more different kinds of anointing. I know there's an anointing for finances to come and lack to be broken off people and stinginess to be broken off people. Hallelujah. I know there's an anointing to heal people's body, all different kinds of anointings, some very strategic anointings and some broader anointings that take care of all different kinds of stuff. I just know that for a fact. I don't know how exactly all that works. I can just tell you it works. How the anointing, you can lay hands on somebody and they've got cancer or leukemia or some other kind of disease that's in their body. The, the cancer cells sitting next to other cells that are normal trying to take them over and you release your faith for that anointing. And that anointing goes in there and select targets every evil cell and kills it. It doesn't destroy all the rest of their body while it's doing it. How does that work? Well, I don't know, but I like it. That's some power. Or somebody go and get something like the angels that work with me that bring parts to some of my meetings for people to have new parts put in. We've got different kinds of parts put in people. Anyway, we're talking about the anointing. Now let's go to Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14, verse 30. I want to read this verse. Something just hit me.
throw up because of different things in them, you know, and things like that. I'm not looking for that, but I've had I've seen a lot of stuff. But 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 we always prevail because the word and the spirit prevail. Talking about your mind now, and this in Proverbs 14:30, the Amplified Bible says, "A calm and undisturbed mind, an undisturbed mind and heart, are the life and health of the body." Think about that. If your mind would learn to be undisturbed about things, and that would have to be a mind that stayed on the Lord, like you know, Isaiah 26:3 says, "Those whose mind is stayed on Thee, that will keep them in perfect peace." So we can do that, but here it says a calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and health of the body. So we can see when your mind is disturbed all the time and disrupted and confused or agitated, it's going to cause bad health in your system. Then he goes on to say envy, jealousy, and wrath are like rottenness of the bones. Oh, my goodness. So we're talking here about the anointing that delivers. Let's go to Second Thessalonians chapter two. Look at something here. I, I enjoy teaching on this because it gives me such a sense of that we can have confidence, that we can have a sound mind, that we can have a mind that is undisturbed. Though people and, and circumstances around us would want to say, "Look at me, I'm disturbing." You just, you just somehow have the ability to look beyond that and say, no, I'm not intimidated by that. Simmer down, shut up, go away, whatever, be changed. But I'm not going to let you affect me. And I'm going to show you three ways here where the devil tries to use people or himself tries to use things to get you disturbed about it. And it's right here in Second Thessalonians 2 and 2. I know the context is talking about some other things, but there's information in here that we need. It says, so that you not be soon shaken in mind. Here it is. Don't be soon shaken in your mind or be troubled. That is in your mind, neither by spirit, so a spirit could trouble you, nor by word, nor by letter. So there's three different ways. A spirit could be sent, an evil spirit, or you. somebody could be saying something to you, or you could read something. See, these are three ways that the devil uses to shake your mind up. And I remember it wasn't too long ago, just in the last two or three weeks, I don't know what state I was in. I, it might have been New Mexico. And I, I, I went to go to take a nap or something, and all of a sudden the devil just invaded my room for a few minutes there. And all of a sudden I felt all this demonic pressure. And all of a sudden from within me, the Lord said, how long are you going to tolerate that? I threw the covers back. I said, in Jesus' name, you leave. He got all his stuff and scurried away. Now, I'm telling you the truth. And, and you need to take authority. Now, don't, get, don't take the negative side on that. I know I was in Germany. I think Pastor Dennis was there. I don't know if he remembers me telling him about this. I went to bed one night. My windows were shut. I woke up in the middle of the night having a nightmare and couldn't come to myself for 30 seconds or more. I didn't know what was happening to me. Finally, when I came to myself, I recognized it was the devil trying to uh, get me to be afraid. And, I, and when I came to myself, I started rebuking. Again, I got up and started walking around that room, and the window was open. It's the strangest thing that ever, one of the strangest things that ever happened to me. That window was not open. Now, spirits don't need a window to be open, but something happened to that room because that window was shut when I went to bed. 
to get my senses because I was in a sleep. I'd been traveling. I was tired and different things. And don't let that bug you get a hold of this positive side of what I'm telling you. If I can do it, you can do it. And he didn't do it in the daytime in both of these cases. It's when I was tired and laid down. <laughs> he thought he'd get me, but I got him. See, when you get negative and you start having something running through your head like that, and it feels like a machine gun, and you get your negative and you feel that oppression, stand up to it. Rise up on the inside. Deal with it. you got more in you than you ever realize. The devil will tell you, you know, he's not afraid of you, but you rise up one time and he'll go in his pants and have to run off. He's not expecting that from Christians. Just all run away and go, ah, make him run away saying, oh, it's Pastor Black. <laughs> run out the exit, run down the street. You think I'm teasing? I'm not really teasing you. I'm just telling you the truth. Spirit or word or letter. Be careful what you read. Be careful what you hear in your ears and people say about things. And if you discern anything at all that's abnormal, deal with it. Clean the blood. Take authority over that room. I do that with just normally going into any hotel room because God only knows what happened before I got there. I just come in and I say, no, I'll let my peace settle on that. Occasionally the devil got through on that. See what I'm saying? But I don't get negative about it. I just dealt with it. The Lord said, how am I going to lay here <laughs> and not do it? I mean, it only been like maybe a minute or two, and I thought, well, yeah. <laughs> See, if you're not alert, you let things slip. You don't even realize how you're you're letting it slip. Hallelujah! You know, thoughts, thoughts come. And I remember Pastor Luke here. He's had a lot of experiences with different things, especially as a younger believer when he first got saved. He was telling me just, well, since you've been here this time. I knew some of this already because he shared. But he said that he would see these evil spirits, and they would come up to him, and they would do something like that. And all of a sudden, he'd have a thought. He, they didn't know that he could see them. And they'd come up, and they'd do something like that, almost like you'd see a, a witch do something, you know. And he, they would throw something at him, like, and what you told me up against his head, but he could see them. They didn't realize that. Then he'd start thinking funny, and then he'd have to take authority. But what they didn't know, they were waiting to see his expression. If he was going to bite on that, or respond to that, or behave towards that, or whatever thought that the devil was trying to put on him. Take authority over your mind. Tonight, if you need help, I can help you, and then you can begin to make your own stand of faith. But you're going to have to be discerning and realize every thought you think didn't originate with you.
chapter 10. I've just got a few more verses. That's what I always say. <laughs> You're learning. I, I, but give me another 15 minutes to talk to you. This is important material. I, I just am shocked at the, the amount of sometimes people who never hear anything like this, and yet it's right in the Word. I'm, I'm validating what I'm saying to you. You know, I've got two or three pages here. I could get, I got probably 35 scriptures. I'm not going to get them all to you. But I'm just showing you some, some scriptures that do pertain to what I'm talking about. God wants you to have, and the Bible says it this way, and then I say in the chapter on the Messiah, the Redeemer, that the chastisement or the punishment was laid on him that was needful to us, for us to obtain peace. See, that's part of your redemption. Our sins were laid on him so we could be made righteous or born again now. Our sicknesses and diseases and pains were laid on him so we could be healed and have health. But the chastisement or the punishment was meted out to him so that you and I could have soundness of mind. We've got to receive it. We've got to take it. Take it by faith. Take a stand. Hallelujah. Take a hold of that by faith. You don't, Your mind doesn't have to be weak. Your mind can be sharp. I'm telling you, your mind can be sharp. I've got, and I'm going to read this in Acts in just a minute, but I had some other notes here. Uh, an unsound mind is forgetful, distressed, anxious, fearful, unable to concentrate, and undisciplined. See, those things should not happen. Forgetful, depressed, anxious, fearful, unable to concentrate, and undisciplined. That's what an unsound mind is. But Jesus came to give us a mind that's at peace, that's sharp, that's clear, that's able to concentrate and disciplined. Listen, you can learn whatever you need to learn. Don't say you're, you can't learn something. You can learn whatever you need to learn. You're smart. You're smart. You're smarter than you think you are. Let, let the Holy Spirit help us with this tonight. This, this is important that I'm talking about this. I have some, uh, I have some, uh, I don't know what you call that here. It says, uh, it says 98% of mankind uses less than 8% of their mental capacity. See, that shows us we, we're just not catching on and being as, as, as quick as we need to be. You know, if you forget something, you might forget something once. It's just a little thing. It's not a big deal. But, you know, the devil will use it until you have Alzheimer's in the early stages. You better deal with that. No, I, I don't have that. I don't have any other thing. I have a sharp mind. I have a clear mind. I have the mind of Christ. I have a clean mind. You know, let me talk to yourself about these things. All based on the Word of God. Don't allow yourself to tolerate these things. This is unsoundness. And we, we don't we, we have a right to be delivered from all of that. But not just delivered like at an altar we can minister to you tonight, but walking in it day by day. I think some people come to church but they're not they don't uh, they they're they they're they don't concentrate on what I'm saying. That's, that's sad because I work hard to give you the good word of God and help you to, to grow up and help you to be strong. And, you know, and some people have been with me. I'm going to give you four 
four, five, six years to evaluate a little bit. You know, because some people come in here act like they think they're, you know, they got it all figured out already. And if they're honest after being around us for about a year, they go, well, maybe I didn't look quite as spiritual as I thought I was. We already knew that, but we just didn't want to tell you. No, we did, we're all learning. But, but you understand what I'm saying. But if somebody's been with us a long time and something doesn't seem to be clicking, something's wrong. Take authority over that. Tell yourself you're going to be attentive. Tell yourself you're able to learn. Tell yourself, Pastor Jacobs is not complicated. He's a good preacher, and he's a simple preacher, and I'm able to understand him. <laughs> I mean, how much clearer can we make it? Hallelujah. Here we are in Acts 10, 38. Look at this verse. We're still talking about the anointing that delivers people. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. There's that anointing who went about doing good and healing. So healing is good. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Oppression then comes from the devil. And that word oppressed in the, in the Greek there means to be weighed down in body or mind. Some people are not sick yet physically, but they're sick mentally. And always bogged down in their mind. Always bogged down in their mind. Always heavy in their mind. Boy, shake that off of yourself. Renew your mind. Meditate on the Word. But get yourself some cards and write scriptures out if you need to. Or whatever it takes. I, I know Pastor John over here, she was had, you know, had some issues in her body a while back. And I'm their pastor. And they called and talked to me a minute. And I called back and responded. And I said, I'm going to send you some material. And you, you, I just like, you know, this before I even have my doctorate. But I said, I'm being a doctor here. This is your prescription. Take this as often as you can, at least three times a day, or all more often it's, it's habit-forming and it won't hurt you. You don't get constipated. You don't bleed out of your left ear. You don't go blind or anything reading this. And it was all scriptures on healing. And she said to me up here just a night or two since you've been here. She said, you know, Pastor Jacobs, I've been reading those scriptures every day and I'm doing a lot better and I'm getting stronger every day. My body's getting stronger and I'm... See, she's, she took the prescription that Dr. Jacobs gave her. Doctor's in the house. <laughs> but see, she the, the enemy was oppressing her in her body. Of course, she'd had a very a serious accident years ago when a car accident almost killed her and had a lot of surgery done on her and different things. And so we've been believing. We prayed for her also, laid hands on her, and prayed for her leg to grow out, and laid hands on her, you know, at other times too, in meetings when the anointing's on me. But see, the word, see, we were talking about this oppression can get on anybody, either physically or, as I'm sharing with you here about this context, to be weighed down in your body or your mind. I told the story on myself years ago. I went into the semen company to fill out an application. I was still, uh, you know, just coming out of being a drug addict. And I went, and it so bothered me because I couldn't figure out how to fill out that application. I don't know how long I was there, way too long. And when I remember walking to my car that day and I thought, oh, God, I I thought I'm never going to be normal again. That was my thought. God, am I ever going to be able to be normal? I don't be able to, I just don't seem like I can think. And that bothered me. Because now I'm starting to realize that I, I used to be able to think pretty good. 
myself maybe, but now I've fried my brains with drugs. That's what I felt like. And, oh, God, I don't know what's the matter with me up here. But And, you know, God began to re- re- repair me. <laughs> he began to work in me and restore. I don't know what all was wrong, but I know it's not that way. It had been that way for 30 years. Hallelujah. And, and I got an earned doctorate too, by the way, not a bogus one. So I'm not a dummy, not that I needed that to tell me that, but you know what, just being honest. So God is able to restore. Here was a guy, you know, 40 years ago trying to fill out an application for a cement plant to be a laborer. I wasn't going to run the plant. I was in there for way too long. People came and went, came and went, came and went, came. And every time that happened, made me feel more removed from reality. Like, oh, man, what's the matter with me? All right. So Jesus' anointing that's on him and now on his ministers and now on the body is given to do good with it and to heal people and deliver people that are oppressed of the devil. He's never changed. He still wants people to be healed if they're oppressed of the devil, either bogged down in their body or their mind. Hallelujah. Let's go back here to Matthew 4. Let me give you two or three more verses, and then I'll, I'll, I'll open up the altar to minister if, if I feel that to. I'm sure I will. If you need help tonight, I'd love to help you. And then you do your part by getting into scriptures, but realize this anointing will destroy things off of you. That anointing destroys the yoke. Praise God. Now, here we are in, in Matthew 4, 23 and 24. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching. And, of course, we're thinking of him as the head of the church, but we're also thinking we're to follow his example. Right? And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And they went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with different diseases and torment. Torment, that's a mental thing. And that's not all. And those possessed with devils, that's another element of demon stuff working. And then those who were lunatic, we would say, out of their mind. And those that had the palsy, and he healed them. You know, it's amazing, and you want to help people and how people will treat you sometimes. I've told this story before. I'm going to tell it again. I don't know why I just feel led to tell it. I had a couple come to my church. They seemed halfway normal. Of course, you never know what people live like unless you live with them. They had a 13-year-old daughter that was sneaking out at night and having sex with boys. And in addition to doing dope and other stuff she shouldn't have been doing. So I didn't know that when they first came. I don't know if they were aware when they first came. They hadn't been with me too long. And they said, Pastor Jacobs, would you? We put our daughter in Our Lady of Peace. That's the mental hospital the Catholics run over in Louisville. They said, would you come and pray for our daughter to be delivered? Are you sure you want me to? Yes, sir. You're sure? And I said, you know, so I would check them out. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, okay. And I said, I'll do it as soon as I can. So I had a day I could do that. I called them and said, now you be there in the room with me, uh, and I'll meet you at the hospital at thus and such a time. I got there. Of course, uh, you know, the people checked me in, the nuns or whatever, and they took me up to a locked door, unlocked the door, shoved me in, and locked it behind me. And I started down the hall to find the room where this young girl was. Of course, people were all 
just out of their mind, some of them. And, and the rest of them that weren't, they were sedated enough that at least they weren't going to hurt anybody, or so they thought, the people who worked there. And I'm not criticizing it. You know, if you're going to do if you're not going to do it God's way, you've got to go Caesar's way. So, you know, whatever. So I got to her door, knocked on the door, and the dad said, come in. I came in, and there was the daughter. Well, when she saw me, she ran on the far corner over in the, over in the other end of that bedroom, little bedroom, you know, and started acting weird, you know. And so I said to mom and dad, well, you ready? I'm going to pray. I'm taking it. And I, and I don't know why, just a boldness came on me. I'd been fasting and praying. I wasn't in there to play with it. Didn't matter to me what their daughter tried to do. I, I sit on her, test it out if I have to. I tackle her. I, really? You think I'm kidding you? But. So I said to them, "Okay, what I'm going to do? Because she's over in the corner making strange noises. I'm going to jump over that bed. I just like Superman. I, <laughs> I'm going to jump over that bed and grab your daughter, and I'm going to cast the devil out of her." And he and I started to go, and he grabbed me by the arm. I said, "Hey, what, what's up?" Well, we, we don't know if we want you to do that. I said, you, you got to be kidding me, sir. Here, I'm prepared. You're here. You're the dad. You're the mother. You know your daughter's not right. Don't pay any attention to her. She's crazy right now. We're going to help her. She's just not right. And I said, you, you mean you're forbidding me to do that? And he said, yeah, I don't want you to. See, see here was a person. That they're so rattled by the whole thing. All they had to do was give me some agreement. That's all I was saying. I wasn't asking them to do anything. They could sit in the corner and be quiet. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But I needed their agreement as the parents. And they said, well, we don't want you to do it. And I said, well, you're, you're, you're as messed up as she is or worse. And I, I said, I'm going to have to leave you like I found you. Because I, I, even if I go over there and take care of that, because of your unbelief and your fear, and your, your attitude and what you just said, you did not want me to do this for your daughter, and you're on your own. You know, you and the doctors and the medical people and whatever they shoot down her throat, shoot her up with. It's not a very good way to live. I've been there. I've been the guy in the corner. But anyway, so, you know, you can't help everybody. They don't want help. On the other hand, I went to, I went to that same hospital. And because somebody, I went to see a friend of mine that got in there, that this young guy got saved way years ago in my ministry, got into stuff and went to see him and prayed for him at Our Lady of Peace. I later prayed for him at Central State. That's the more funnier story where I think I'm out in the hallway, remember, in the stairwell. But this was at Our Lady of Peace and cast the devil out of him. And one of the nuns saw me and asked, came and got me and said, we'd like you to leave our facility. I said, it doesn't matter to you that I'm a pastor and I'm his pastor and I'm trying to help him by prayer. No, sir, you will leave. You will leave now or I'll call security. Yes, ma'am. Show me the way to the elevator. So we had to leave. See, sometimes people, there's just all kinds of things, but we don't have to get in those settings if we pay attention in church and, <laughs> and realize how powerful God is. And you don't even need me sometimes. You just need to stand up to the devil yourself. Say, I refuse to let you torment me. I refuse to let you intimidate me or make me mental or make me feel insecure anymore. I am over with you. I'm done with that. Hallelujah. And it says, and he healed them. Notice that he healed them, verse 24. Let's look at one or two more passages and then we'll, we'll minister. Go to Luke chapter.
times things aren't always ultra-dramatic either when people get free. Sometimes they're just, uh, I remember I was in Davenport, Iowa at the church there a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, and I uh, called up somebody from the congregation. And it was, it was kind of a different kind of thing because I, I, I had them come up and I said to her, I said, uh, yeah, I'm not sure why I got you up here. Do you know? <laughs> kind of a funny moment. And she looked at me like, uh, no. So I said, well, God told me to have you come up here, lift your hands up, and lay hands on you. So I lifted my hands up and laid hands on her. And when I did, all of a sudden I saw what I needed to see. And I discerned something. I said, Jesus' name, come out of her. Now, this was real interesting that what happened. I saw that now I'm facing her, and I saw this evil spirit fly out right under her armpit on this side and take off and flow through that wall of the church. I didn't say anything publicly to her about it or anybody else. I, just, I, I said, well, something just left you. And this was her response. She's looking at me like this is her. She said, yeah, something came out right under my armpit. I said, it sure did. Hallelujah. Now, it wasn't a big thing. She didn't foam at the mouth. She didn't growl at me. She didn't have a seizure. You see, see what I'm saying? Some things are not always that dramatic, but something was there, something left. And not only did I see it, she confirmed it without me telling her. I just said, something, I didn't say, something left you. You know anything about that? I sure do. She said, it came right out under my, my armpit on this side. I said, yeah, I sure did. Hallelujah. Now we're in Luke 6 here, verse 17. He came down with them and stood in the plain, accompanied of his disciples, 6.17. Great multitude of people out of Judea, Jerusalem, the seacoast, Tyre, and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed, harassed, beset with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Here he calls deliverance healing. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. That would include those that had these spirits that were harassing them. So we can see in the ministry of Jesus here, he's having results and getting people not only healed of physical diseases and so forth, but those that were vexed with spirits. Let's go to the book of Acts real quick. One last scripture over here, Acts chapter 5. And I want to show you something here. And uh, I might have one more scripture I didn't mean to misrepresents them, but, I, but let me just see where, where I go from here. Look here at Acts chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. It says, Inasmuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets, the apostles were ministering, they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds, uh, Acts 5, 15 and 16. They laid them on beds and couches, and at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. And there came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them that were vexed, same thing, with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. So now we've got the apostles not only doing the same thing, doing the same thing that Jesus did when he was here in the flesh, and now he's been back to heaven in Acts chapter 1, and they're still ministering that way, not only getting people healed, but getting people delivered. Now let's look at one last scripture here. It's in Psalm uh, 142, verse 7. Let's look at that real quick, and then we're going to see what the Lord has for us. Is that all right? You need to know that these things are available and possible. I remember years ago, it's been a long time, Dylan Arlene will remember this because I think at the time it was Arlene's brother-in-law, 
talking about Glenn. His name was Glenn, and I was in Otisco, and that was from 78 to 82 when this occurred. And I was teaching on deliverance. And I said, you can get people delivered. So he went to work and started talking to some of the guys he worked with at the lunch break. And one guy confided in him privately and said, you know, I really need some help. We'd have a coffee break at 3. You think you could help me? He said, yeah, meet me in the john, the bathroom. He took him in the bathroom and prayed a simple prayer over him, and that man got delivered. Hallelujah. See, people really need help sometimes, and somebody will respond correctly to us. Hallelujah. Now, verse 7 of Psalm 142, look at this. Bring my soul, not my spirit, but my soul. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise your name. And, and, you know, that's the key to it because that anointing destroys the yoke or the limitation or the barrier or the restriction sometimes. This is the thing. People sometimes feel like there is a restriction on the way they think. And I think that relates to somebody tonight, what I just said. And this says, bring my soul out of prison. See, sometimes people's minds are stuck in something and, and they don't even realize that maybe the enemy has a hold of something there and they can be released from that so that they can fully praise the Lord and their soul is not in bondage anymore. Are you listening to me? See, we're not talking about your spirit. If you're born again, your spirit, that's where the Holy Spirit lives, and you're reborn, you have eternal life in there. We're not talking about in there, but in the soulish realm, the mind, the will, the emotions, the thoughts, that's where a lot of battles go on. And the devil tries to take advantage of people. So let's stand up together, please, if you would. Hallelujah. And let me have the let me have the rest of the team come with Jordan that, that's here. If you if you're not going to get in the prayer line, come on up here. And uh, I don't know what song to have you guys do. Jordan, you or Jessica, somebody could pick one. But I would like to open up the altar for you. If you're here tonight and you feel this is pertinent to you and you feel this related to something about yourself and you want me to minister to you, I would be more than willing to do that. If you like. If nobody comes, that's fine. We'll go on with the service and do whatever else we might need to do. But I'm asking you, if you need ministry, come right now. And that anointing is going to help you. What is your part in coming? You're coming to say, I need help. I believe I'll receive. My man of God is anointed to help me. And from the word of God that we've just heard, we know that our soul or our, our being can be brought out of that restriction that it's been in. Because the anointing destroys the yoke. The anointing destroys that limitation. The anointing destroys that bondage. That anointing destroys that, that holding in of something. In the name of Jesus.